0: For 25 years, people have trusted us for their window replacement needs, and you can too. Call now to learn about our buy four, get the fifth one free window replacement
1: offer. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. 800-413-6992. That's 800-413-6992. Interest accrues from date of purchase, but is waived if paid in full within 12 months. We've adjusted our operations to serve you safely following all CDC guidelines. Visit RenewalByAnderson.com for details.
2: Live from San Francisco on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network, you are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with your hosts, Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi. Are you ready? Are you ready? Let's get it on!
3: How's it going everybody? Brian Alvarez here on Wrestling Observer Live. We are here every day, Monday through Friday, noon Pacific, 3 Eastern, Sunday, 3 Pacific, 6 Eastern. Weekend edition of the show and a busy weekend coming up as we do in fact have a WWE pay-per-view coming up on Sunday. NXT TakeOver War Games. Five matches announced for the show. I was thinking about it today. I got a great idea. So I'm going to tell you about it here on this show, as it regards this War Games women's match, where if you watch the show on Wednesday, the baby faces have the advantage. It's ridiculous, doesn't make any sense, but you can make it make sense. I'm going to tell you how on this show here today. Hopefully I'm not ruining anything, and that's their idea, and then they do something dumb because it got figured out, but I got an idea for this. We also have the ratings, of course, for AW and NXT. AW 913,000 viewers, NXT 658,000 viewers. Now, the simpletons out there, ah, they didn't break a million! Horrible number! It was not a horrible number. I'll tell you why it was a good number, other than the obvious, and why NXT needs to do something to turn this around. That'll be on the program here today. Plus, we have the Triple H conference call talking about war games, where he talked about a number of different things, including, yes, his claim that after Charlotte beat Rhea Ripley, there's a reason for it, and we would find out. Well, it's now eight months later. We're still waiting for the reason. He was asked about it, and we will tell you what he said. It will be a day for your feedback, starting with text messages, 425-780-7566 is the phone number. Only text messages. You can't call that number. Nothing will happen. 425-780-7566. Brian at WrestlingObserver.com. At Brian Alvarez on Twitter. Back in a moment with more Observer Live.
0: bistro delivery business is bustling and ready to burst
4: orders 34 35 and 36 are up who's handling these hello mary's bistro now delivering
5: it's time to hire
4: i need indeed
5: indeed you do the
0: moment you sponsor a job on indeed you get a short list of quality candidates from our resume database indeed delivers two and a half times more hires than the other branded job sites combined according to breezy hr 2019
5: visit indeed.com credit and get a 75 dollars credit for your first job post terms and
1: conditions apply It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more
5: done.
1: That's 800-472-5145.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network.
3: Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live, uh, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. So, ratings for Wednesday night. What was the story? Well, Dynamite, 913,000 viewers. NXT, 658,000 viewers. A couple of the Stegosauri out there. Ah! Horrible number for AEW. They never broke a million. Well, yes, you're welcome to be dumb if you want to and not learn, but I'm going to tell you what's going on here. So, yes, they did not break a million. But I'm going to tell you something about these two shows. First in terms of viewers, and then in terms of the demo in terms of viewers aw the average here 913000 basically from the moment the show went on the air until the moment the show went off the air they basically averaged 913000 viewers they would go up a little they would go down a little they would go up a little they would go down a little but a little is the key they were basically steady at 913000 on average throughout the entire show NXT opened, I forget what it opened at, 780 or something like that. And on NXT, every single quarter, they lost and lost and lost and lost and lost and lost and lost. And And finally, the very end of the show, when they had a ladder match, they went up a little. That's the story of the two shows. One of the shows held the audience throughout the entire show The other show, they lost their audience throughout the show. That's number one. Now we got to look at the demo here. The AEW demo, 18 to 49. And for the simpletons out there, this is the most important number. It's been the most important number since about 2001. Prior to that, yeah, in the Monday Night Wars, you didn't hear about the 18 to 49 demo. Because during the Monday Night Wars, what advertisers looked at was the total number. And... At some point, they figured out, wait a second. Well, what's the most valuable demo ends up being 18 to 49. So that's been the key indicator for television since about 2001. If you don't believe me, if you like to say, well, Brian's bias towards AEW, that's why he's looking at the demo, what you should do is look at the ratings chart for television, whether it's cable, network. They're ranked not by total viewers. They're ranked by 18 to 49 because that is, in fact, the most important. So, unless you think that the Nielsen company decided, well, we're AEW fans, and so in order to help AEW, we're going to start ranking all these television shows by 18 to 49, I don't know what to tell you. That didn't happen. So, in this 18 to 49 demo, which, by the way, last year, AEW did so well in 18 to 49 that years in advance of their TV deal expiring, TNT signed them to a new and more lucrative deal because of 18-49. to So in that demo, Dynamite did a .42 rating. The best number they have done since October of 2019. That's the month they debuted. Their best number since October 2019. Meanwhile, this NXT number, they did a. I don't know what they did. It was low. Anyway, I'll find it here somewhere. But the point is year over year, year over year, AW's 18 to 49 demo is creeping up. And year over year, the NXT demo is creeping down. Year over year, AW has more younger viewers than they had last year at this time nxt has less younger viewers than they had a year ago at this time one of these shows is on the ascent one of these shows is on a sad descent this is the story if you want to be a numskull and just look at these overall numbers and say it was a big failure they didn't hit a million whatever i mean you can go for it but there's a trend here and the trend is one of them is going up and one of them is going down. 0.16 was the 18 to 49 for NXT. If you combine the AEW and the NXT 18 to 49, they beat Raw. If you just look at the AEW 49, they're very closely creeping into that third hour of Raw on TNT on Wednesdays after a year. So, if you would like to say that this number was a disappointment for aw i mean you're welcome to be out of your mind but what's happening here is the show is growing they're building an audience and most importantly they're building a young audience nxt is rapidly declining and not only are they declining but they're declining in the most important demo in the most important audience your young people the show is getting older and older with each passing week and of course it's going the opposite for aw now Obviously, one of the important things is, well, what's the number going to be next week? Like, this show happened. I mean, all of you have been talking about the same thing. My God, when Sting showed up, I called all of my friends, this or that. Well, then all of these mainstream outlets were talking about Sting, and the show was trending until 3 a.m., which is long after the show went off the air. What is Sting going to mean next week? I have absolutely no idea. What's the show going to do next week? I have no idea. Am I going to sit here and say, I expect to do a million viewers next week? No, I don't think they're going to break a million next week. But they may. They've clearly got people talking, mostly through the usage of Sting, but also because of this invasion angle that they're running. But those are the numbers right there. So, no bad takes in the Twitch chat, or you're out of here. I mean, let's use our brains. This is supposed to be like a intelligent wrestling television, or whatever it is, radio, I guess, YouTube television, I want intelligent commentary here. You're welcome to disagree with things, but do not be a hadrosaur.
0: I will not stand for it. Any comments, Mike? Oh, after that, you're going to throw it to me? Well, I'll try to live up to your lofty expectations here. How come you're always mad when I throw to you?
3: (laughs) Would you rather I just (laughs) kept talking for
0: 20 minutes and all these people are going to cry that you never get to talk? I always set myself up for it. You're about two and a half minutes short here of the break. But, uh I mean, what else more can you say or anybody else say? Regardless of what you think about the product, either show is presenting. The bottom line is, with the exception of the first quarter, AEW doubled NXT 18-49 to 49 in every single quarter. They are just obviously... Dude, I hate to interrupt. Go ahead. Do you
3: realize that in quarter seven... AEW had more 18 to 49 viewers than NXT had total viewers.
0: (laughs) So as I was saying, no matter what you want to think about the product that's being presented on, on either channel, the results are inarguable. And the best anybody can do right now who wants to plant their flag for NXT is to say, well, they didn't get a million. That's the best anybody can say. Forget it, doesn't matter. They are going in two opposite directions and it is by their own hands. Now we'll see what the results are going to be next week. But as I've talked about a lot here, AEW cannot worry about NXT. They have nothing, NXT has nothing for them to offer as far as competition right now. Keep your eyes on gaining a million viewers each and every week. Obviously, that's going to be tough. They've had a lot of problems with it, even reaching the 900,000 level. They've hit it again. It's got to feel and taste pretty good right now. So that's all they need to be worried about. Co- cohesive TV, you know what it is. And, and to try to get to a million people every week and to try to stay at this number every week, as we talked about last week, they're over 800,000 quite often. They're certainly over 700,000 quite often. NXT can't even get to 700,000 most weeks the results are inarguable regardless of what you think about the product presented the numbers speak for themselves so we got a show
3: coming up this weekend i mean i watched the nxt television show and i mean i'm a big fan of all the performers the wrestling is good the booking is an atrocity and i did not like the show but in no universe am I going to sit here and tell you that I think that War Games is going to suck, with the exception of one match, which we'll get to. But I think that is a possibility to be a very good takeover, as always. And I got an idea. I got an idea for the women. Back in a moment, Observer Live.
4: a message
1: That's 800-493-6118.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez
3: here, Wrestling Observer Live. Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. So there's a women's war games match coming up on Sunday. Team Shotzi versus Team Candace. It's Shotzi, Ember, Rhea Ripley, and Neo Shirai against Candace, Dakota, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm. And they did a match on NXT, ladder match, of course, because we've got to have... Someone told me that that 10% of the ladder matches in WWE history have taken place this year alone. (laughs) So, they do a ladder match, which, by the way, they announced the normal match, and then, like, on social media at the last minute, they announced there would be ladders. (laughs) Is this that hard? So, ladder match, and... Everyone expects, well, the heels are going to win because you can't do war games with a babyface advantage. And the babyface wins. Okay. So, on the surface, sounds dumb, but you can make this work. If you do a war games match where the babyfaces get the advantage, and in fact, they have the advantage the entire match... So it's three, it's two on one advantage babyface, three on two advantage babyface, etc. Bro, I've seen this. They did an impact. It sucked. Every time. Because it doesn't make any sense and it's dumb. But, what you need in the match is the babyfaces to beat a disadvantage. So, if they win the advantage, your two options are, one, somebody gets hurt, and so you still end up with the baby faces at the disadvantage, even though they have the advantage allegedly. You get rid of one of them. Or one of them turns heel. Now, literally two weeks ago to set this up, Tony Storm turned heel. So when I look at the lineup here, it's like, really, you're going to turn... Ember, or Rhea, or EO or you're going to turn one of them right after we just turned Tony Storm. How many heels do we need? In my opinion, you can't turn somebody, which means that somebody has to get hurt, okay? So, this is the easiest way to do it. That actually makes sense. So, several weeks ago, Candice LeRae was in a big monster truck or whatever, and she ran over... Shotzi's tank. Right? Destroyed it. Yes. she. Shotzi's, Shotzi's crying in the ring. She's devastated. So then, subsequent weeks, Shotzi's in her workshop, like The Undertaker was back in those 1992's, uh Superstars shows where he's building a coffin for Kamala. And she's forging this new tank. And yeah, this new tank. So what has to happen is... Before they go down to the ring, the heels need to kill Shotzi. Shotzi's gone. She's out. She's dead. So even though the babyfaces allegedly have won the advantage, they're at a disadvantage because instead of having four people, they only have three. So you do the match. The babyfaces are constantly at the disadvantage or whatever. And finally, it's four on three at the end. It's time for the match beyond the babyface are struggling they're getting killed and all of a sudden what's that noise
0: what is that noise
3: everybody looks to the back here comes this gigantic tank from backstage bigger than the one that Russov and Lana had sex on at Wrestlemania and it tears down the aisle and shots he's on the top and she goes from the tank to the top of the cage and she dives on all the heels. Baby faces make their big comeback and they win. It's the easiest thing in the world. Or even better yet, which they can't do, but it would be if it were a cartoon it would be awesome. She comes out and she's in the gun of the tank. And the tank shoots her out of the cannon over the top end of the ring. And they make their big comeback and they run wild and they win. You want to talk about changing the face of the wrestling business? Turning the tide? That's what does it because as a fan let me tell you watching this NXT television show these baby faces are the biggest dorks they get beat up all the time their friends turn on them they're total losers they got to win this war games match and we got to get the tank debuting i mean boom there you go
0: I, I I can't really follow that with anything. I was hoping to, to get out. You know my my overdub of war games from how it used to be back in the day, where there was the guy that they're building a dome of steel in Atlanta. You know that was the 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 big thing. Now I'm trying to figure out what Shotzi could have been saying, uh, building this massive tank. Uh, that you want her to come out and get shot out of, which uh, would change, certainly change the face of NXT, would probably change her face as well too, which worries me enough in this match where Shotzi Blackheart has no problem taking risks and uh, NXT has pretty much let their performers take risks uh, during War Games matches, some of the undisputed heroines and everything else. So um, it is, that is one way of doing things. That is for sure. Um, I guess another way would just be to handcuff uh, somebody up against the, the fence and, you know, murderize one of their legs. Obviously, you, you wouldn't want to do the whole Raven thing in ECW where he's up against the fence and somebody gets brained with a chair. I don't think they'll be taking that type of risk on NXT. But, yeah, I, I think you could do something like that, although all of this could have been avoided by just going ahead and doing the traditional thing, which would have the heels start because... I know everybody wants to change the game on that, and you mentioned the many times that Impact did, but, you know, sometimes, like, the classics still work. You know, we don't need you to tell any parables or anything like that, but basic, you know, evil getting the upper hand on good as the match starts is usually a safe way to go. All
3: right, this person here is upset. They say, if Shotzi gets hurt, the faces still have the two-on-one advantage, then the three-on-two advantage. The heels will eventually get a four-on-three advantage, but the faces have... Okay, hold on a second. First off, I didn't book us into the scenario in the first place. Wasn't my idea to have a babyface advantage. And second off, if the heel comes to the ring first, and we're waiting for the babyface, but Shotzi was supposed to be first, and she doesn't come out, and the babyfaces are so busy tending to her that we just start that first period, Right? Then yes. the second person in should be a babyface, so it's one on one. Then it becomes two on one advantage heels, right? So it will work. Am I wrong about this? No, I don't think. Listen, I'm just trying to fix a, st- a problem here. I'm not the guy that said, "Hey, I got a great idea. Let's give the babyfaces the advantage." On my idea. Yeah, but see, I if mean, you're it's even better this- if the heels have the advantage and you injure Shotzi. Now they're at a real disadvantage when they shoot her out of that cannon at the end there.
0: What about all the other issues with some of the other build to the, the matches on this show? With the exception of maybe McAfee's well, let's group talk against the it. Undisputed Era. I'll tell you what's on this show. So, Undisputed Era versus Pat McAfee's
3: crew. I mean, to me, Pat McAfee's crew has to win. I don't know how. I mean, you could actually... Actually, that would be the one where you could have somebody turn. You break up the Undisputed Era... I mean, they teased that they were going to do it until, um, what's his face got hurt, uh, Ridge Holland. So I mean, maybe they're going to break him up, and one of them is going to turn, and it's going to he'll join Pat McAfee's crew. Who's Pat McAfee made the most fun of? Kyle O'Reilly. Kyle yeah. turns, joins McAfee's team.
0: They destroy Undisputed Era. I feel the heels have to win that match. Undisputed's so, been there too. forever. Absolutely. And I think it may be time for a little bit of a shakeup. Like I kind of wanted to see Kyle O'Reilly, uh, stay as a babyface and see Adam Cole turn heel, but they've done all this stuff with McAfee. I think Adam Cole needs to stay just where he is as a babyface, but this would be a great time because Pete Dunne, obviously not a talker. That's not, you know, they, they make that part of his character. That's not part of his forte. You know, uh, Lurkin and Birch are great, but they are, wrestlers they're not you know going to be cutting promos is doing all the promo cutting O'Reilly is not the rock but he doesn't have to be I think he's believable he's been around long enough he's got credibility and he is a, a, a pretty darn good promo so if you're going to make the move on him I think right now is a great time to do it otherwise Roderick Strong fits that role really well because again I don't know if McAfee McAfee can be there every week but even if he is you have somebody there that can kind of carry the load for him
3: So we also have Dexter Loomis, Cameron Grimes. I mean, somebody help me out here. Like, whatever you think of NXT television, NXT takeovers are virtually always awesome. Has there ever been a match in 31 takeovers where you as a fan thought, I have no interest whatsoever in this match? Because literally, I think this is the first one for me. I have... No interest in Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes in a strap match. I have no hope for it. I have no interest in it whatsoever. Timothy Thatcher, Tommaso Ciampa. I did not like the build for this. Vinny did because he's a mark for Timothy Thatcher. But to me. <laughs> well, if he
0: is, how did he like
3: any of this? Like, it's two tough guys. Timothy Thatcher is supposed to be a tough guy. He ran Matt Riddle out of the territory, right? Yeah. But... I mean, obviously, Ciampa is supposed to be a tough guy. So. Two tough guys are gonna fight on takeover. Could you? Could this be easier to book? But they yes! got overcomplicated. First, we gotta have Champa distract Thatcher, and Thatcher taps out to Kushida.
0: Oh man! What Look, even even before that, Brian? Then Thatcher's the, the afraid of the guy. I mean, come on. uh even before that, the stuff with Anthony Green or whatever his name is. I, I can't remember his damn name now. He wrestled uh, last week on the show and got beat up by Cameron Grimes. Even that, the whole build to that. Why was Thatcher showing any sort of August gray? It was August gray. Why was he showing any sort of weakness to him whatsoever? Let alone some of the lead up we've gotten, which has been, I'm sorry, terrible for Timothy Thatcher. Sorry.
3: Back in a moment with more, everybody. Observer Live.
1: Paid for by Airtime Media.
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back right, the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer Live. Uh,
3: Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. we got a million emails and texts here, no calls today. Let's jump into it. Person here says, probably 95% of the audience missed this. I know Vinny did. But I really loved Malcolm Bivins. The subtlety on NXT this week. If you didn't see it, when they go backstage to interview Timothy Thatcher. Way off in the background. So far away that it's blurred. Malcolm Bivens is giving his business card to August, or whatever his name is gray august gray the student of timothy thatcher so something's happening and i liked it because there's so little subtlety in wwe that finally they did something you had to be paying attention to see and hopefully we will be rewarded for that those of us that were paying attention person says we have not seen kurt stallion once on nxt tv and they're already running injury angles without showing us the actual angle yes that happened How am I supposed to care about somebody I've never seen? You only know Stallion if you watch 205 Live every week or have been an avid watcher of Evolve before it was brought out by WWE. Yeah, if you missed it, the storyline was... And I don't even know if they announced this, because when we did the show on Wednesday, we had nothing for NXT except for the ladder match. The announced match is allegedly Kurt Stallion and Leon Ruff tagging up against Legato Del Fantasma. The show opens with us alerted that Kurt Stallion has been attacked, which leads to Damian Priest replacing him and teaming with Leon Ruff. A much bigger match, a match that makes way more sense in storyline, and in storyline, they booked a worse match, and thank God for Legado del Fantasma. Because of them, we got a better match. That's literally the storyline, and they did it again later, with Imperium and Ever Rise, the announced match was Ever Rise against Grizzled Young Vets, and thankfully Imperium ran down and beat up Ever so we got a better match. The heels are better bookers than the bookers. That's the legitimate storyline.
0: Making William Regal look bad out there, but uh, well, he's looked know, bad wanna, for a long time. So I want to say that I. Maybe I flipped on the network and 205 Live was on, or I could have sworn I, I thought it was on social media, which then makes it worse, since they then could have changed the match and announced this on social media that Kurt Stallion was beat up. I, I maybe I'm I'll get an angry text here. Uh, or somebody can bring it up, but I thought they actually did something like that, which they never ended up showing on the show. I could be wrong, but I'm, I'm pretty sure that they did, which, you know, when you don't show it on the show means a lot of times it never happened at all. This person here says Callus and Damore really
3: made the most of this pandemic. They got The Rock on their show and they stole the AEW title and their champion. Meanwhile, your favorite promotion won't even mention that Sasha Banks is in Star Wars. (laughs) By the way...
0: Let's not not make those things too equal here, though. Okay, we got uh, four hours
3: and 17 minutes until SmackDown. Mm -hmm. And at this moment, this is what is announced for the show tonight. Murphy against Baron Corbin in a rematch of that atrocity last week. Uh And Roman, quote must respond to Kevin Owens. This is an official decree now? Is it a sudden
0: death must respond? That's my question. That's all we have for the show tonight. You know, coming out of last week, I would have figured it would have been Baron Corbin and his his friend that he has to offset the Mysterio family Uh, against uh, the Mysterios or Ray or Dominic and and Buddy Murphy. I figured that would have been the match, although I guess this now sets up a lot more Mysterio interference, which may bring out uh, Baron's new bodyguard or Mysterio protector for those nasty uh, heathen Diablos led by the 18-, 19-, 20-year-old girl, however old she is. My God, that's all I need to hear on Sunday is about a bunch of people complaining about Baron Corbin being a babyface again. My God. All right,
3: I'm, I'm not mad at the person who sent this email. I'm just pointing out how preposterous this is. He says, they showed Kurt Stallion getting beat up on WWE Network exclusive video on YouTube. There a WWE Network exclusive on YouTube? So stupid. That doesn't even make
0: sense. No. That's not a Network exclusive then. How do you force them to your network? Why then? is it so hard? Because they want to make it that difficult. That's why. I don't think there's anything hard
3: there. This grizzled young vets versus Imperium match was the perfect example of why NXT have random and meaningless matches every week and they're used to fill time. As much as I love the teams, they were all heels and had no business going 21 minutes with a god awful DQ caused by a third heel team. All of this head to head with Sting on the other channel. Remember when I said that there was a quarter where there were more 18 to 49 viewers of AEW than total viewers of NXT? I'm just saying.
0: All
3: right. Everyone's asking me to talk about the Hunter conference call. Hunter put over the NXT UK Heritage Cup as spectacular and put over a kid. He loves what they are doing, urges people to watch Volter versus Dragunov. Late to the party here, Hunter. I was talking about that weeks ago. He is looking forward to when talents can travel post-pandemic. He was asked about his previous statement about Charlotte Flair's WrestleMania win over Rhea Ripley being part of a bigger plan and whether things are still going according to plan. Someone actually asked if things were still going according to plan. He said COVID basically changed all plans. And he talked about how growing as a performer with ups and downs relating it to his own career, he thinks there are some valuable lessons Ripley learned through the process and that she is a, quote, way better performer, which came through that process. Bro, she did not come better because you buried her for eight months. I promise, okay? Maybe she became more jaded. Maybe she realized what the deal is in this company. But she didn't, it wasn't like, Prior to WrestleMania, she was okay, but then you messed it all up, and now she's great. Are you out of your mind? I realize you have to say something, but that's ridiculous. And by the way, did he forget that WrestleMania took place during the COVID era? That match happened in front of no fans. Zero. So what do you mean the COVID changed all plans? There was COVID before you beat her. What was the plan? that you couldn't do because of covid anybody
0: wasn't COVID. i mean i've seen everything
3: since covid started in wwe i've seen title changes i've seen big shows i've seen everything what could you not do with rhea ripley because there was a pandemic that you would have done if there hadn't been a pandemic anybody nothing i mean there was a pandemic after drew won the title of wrestlemania i don't i don't remember him being buried
0: for eight months no the opposite the opposite happened. And the thing was, the big C was Charlotte. And the only thing that he can say is, and it's not COVID that would have done it, would have been to try to spin that Charlotte would have at some point put Rhea Ripley over. That I mean, that's really it. Because what, what else? And she went down to NXT and did not lose. And that was that. So, I mean, the only thing that could have changed would have been Something with Charlotte, not anything that has has to do with COVID at all. Not one thing. He was asked
3: about whether they would be open to crossovers with other companies. He said, we're open for business and that perceptions of their business from others are often incorrect. Really? Because it seems to me that every time somebody leaves the company and is allowed to speak, they say everything that we've been saying. And, bro, come on. Vincent open anything? Are you kidding me? How long have you been there? He put over Pat McAfee's desire to be a WWE wrestler, his athleticism and dedication. He talked about critiques on outsiders when athletes come in and try to become wrestlers, but that McAfee has always wanted to do this. I don't remember anything, but all people did was praise McAfee. Did anybody bury Pat McAfee? Not I don't remember that. Heard. No. He said, quote, It's a testament to him that he is doing this better than some who have done this their whole lives.
0: Oh yeah. It's a testament. It's a testament to him. Yeah, testament to how you script people and everything else. He feels like the most real thing there because for right now he is. And that's not his doing. He's just out there being himself. It's your doing for everybody else, being as fake or as run down as possible.
3: Dude, I know people who love WWE who at this point are like Triple H and Dana White are on the same wavelength right
0: here. I mean, they just say stuff. They just say stuff. Corporate speak. He's not alone. Every, every place does this. It's just obviously, you know, relevant to what we're talking about.
3: Said NXT being left out of Survivor Series was likely due to the pandemic and trying to keep the brands as separate as possible. Now listen, latter, I hope. Listen. Normally, I would say, are you out of your mind, bro? Are you kidding me? But they did kill off Raw Underground because having... Raw, SmackDown, and NXT wrestlers all at the Raw tapings on Monday did result in yet another outbreak. So that actually might be true, but I don't know. And he loves the current pacing of the product and continued to beat the drum of planning for the long term. Bro, these shows are done being written 45 minutes before they go on the air. I mean, come on. Why does he do these conference calls? Irritates me.
0: Because he he has to. You don't have to, but uh.
3: like I feel better as a viewer thinking that Hunter's a bright guy, but for whatever reason, maybe Vince makes this call or that call or whatever. When he comes out here and he says this stuff, it's like, bro, are you out of your mind? What do you expect? Like what 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 difference? Don't do, do conference calls if all you have to do is go out there and say stupid stuff. <laughs>
0: Mm-mm. You know, there's plenty of other nice things to talk about, pleasant things to talk about, good things to talk about in wrestling. This we person here, those things. Hey, here's, here's the long-term
3: planning that Hunter was talking about. That's not good. This person says, I did some research and found that the tag team match where that Kurt Stallion fella was supposed to team with Leon Ruff, it was made and changed to Priest and Ruff plus the Walking Wild injury angle All on social media between 3
0: and 8 p.m. Hey, and no matter what they want to say about how they targeted a demographic there by doing that or how they're doing something correct, the numbers proved what happened. Period. Did I watch that show? I had no idea what was going on. No.
3: didn't say any of that. It's ridiculous. This person says, we have seen NXT try hot shotting against a big AEW show and then Wednesday just went with a regular show. Which approach do you think is the best for them going forward? Well, hot shotting never works long term. It only burns out the audience. You can hot shot very rarely. But dude, we're at the point now where there's a ladder match on this show like three times a month. And look at what look at the audience numbers. Look at what's happening here. They're losing their younger audience in droves compared to a year ago. The older audience is, I mean, what good is the older audience doing? You're burning out your audience here. Hot shotting is never good. This person says NXT is suspected, got thrashed in the ratings against Winner is Coming. Deservedly so. I used to be a big defendant of NXT. One day I just lost all interest in the product. Right when AEW started doing shows, I have not looked back. They'll have a great show here and there. But the essence of that one-hour NXT on WWE Network is pretty much dead. They still have a great women's division. Everything else just feels irrelevant. It also doesn't help that nothing that happens in NXT seems to matter on Raw and SmackDown, despite them sharing the same channel with Raw. Dude, the announcers on Raw have to pretend that they don't know who Mia Yim is. I gotta take a break. Observer Live. Observer Live.
1: strength ain't nobody man the pain you next you better give respect no We are the debt Destroyer Network. any debt you have credit card, tax, student loan debt call now for free information that helps you destroy your debt. It's great advice. Plus, when you make this free call now, we have debt destroyer experts ready to help. They can show you how to destroy your debt and get your life back on track. Debt problems don't have to be overwhelming. You can live stress-free and debt-free.
5: 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851, 800-439-7851.
6: Hi, I'm Dr. Robert Clapper, Chief of Orthopedic Surgery at Cedars-Sinai Medical Group in Los Angeles, California
2: You are listening to Wrestling Observer Live with Brian Alvarez and Mike Sempervivi on the Sports Byline Broadcasting Network. Back in the show, Brian Alvarez here, Wrestling Observer
0: Live. Uh, Mike Sempervivi, also WrestlingObserver.com. Yes, Mike? A couple of little things here before we get out of here. Game Changer Wrestling Slime Season will be streaming for free on their YouTube channel coming up Saturday, December 5th. They're doing an Indiegogo to raise funds. Every dollar that is raised will be going into the locker room, and they have a bunch of names all set up and ready to go on that card. It's, uh, main evented by Leo Rush and, uh, Blake Christian. Mance Warner's on there. Fat 2, uh, 440. Just a, a ton of stuff loaded up there. Go to Game Changer Wrestling to find out more about that. And also, if you love pro wrestling history, And you're on Twitter, go to admin atlanticpod, but also crowbarpress.com, the brand new book uh, about Buddy Rogers, the autobiography written by uh, Tim Hornbaker, Master of the Ring. Uh, It's available through Crowbar Press and Scott Teal, and it uh, looks like it is absolutely awesome. So the very first bio ever done on Buddy Rogers, the nature boy who still influences us to this day. So pick that up when you get a chance. All right, we are out of time, everybody. I want to thank you all for listening here today.
3: All of our Twitch homies, of course, twitch.tv slash F4W video, where, in fact, Sunday we will be streaming live after NXT TakeOver War Games, hopefully with a lunch show, but you must be a subscriber, twitch.tv slash F4W video. So check that out. Thanks, Mike, as always, callers and listeners, everybody in the studio. We'll talk to you next time. Wrestling Observer
2: Live.